We all long for the ultimate art room of experience, a classroom full of respect students and hitting the sweet spot between artistic expression and a control environment. Can this happen on a regular basis? If you asked me on a Monday, I would have said absolutely, but after a few high energy classes yesterday that left me a bit drained, I'm here to say classroom management is an ongoing pursuit. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Shauna Kay's Motivational Breeze with me, Shauna Kay Calder. You are tuned in for what promises to be another inspiring, educational and motivating episode in our series. We do this because I need it. You need it. We all need it. That good energy that helps us to change our minds about our limitations. Some strong, positive conversations to shift our lens from lack to abundance. Thank you for listening to Shawnee's Motivational Breeze. And here with me today, I have a very special guest, Mr. Jerome Douglas. Thanks for joining me, Mr. Douglas. I really, really appreciate your presence today. Thanks for having me. Wonderful. Could you go ahead and tell us a little about yourself and what you do? Well, as you already identified, I am Jerome Douglas, an international teacher, poet, and writer. I go by the philosophy, if it is for me to be, then it is up to me. My aim as a teacher is to be proficient at what I do. I also want to accommodate the formation of holistically developed students. My whole aim is centered around student-centered learning, and I want to support students in being excellent and brilliant. Wonderful. So, Thank you so much. Okay. Go ahead. I also wanted to say that I'm flexible and trainable. I try to adapt and work assiduously hard to make any institution that I'm working with the best version of themselves. Wonderful, wonderful. And I've had the opportunity to meet Mr. Douglas and have seen his excellent classroom management skills, just having him today on our program. Mr. Douglas, how do you handle a classroom where students exhibit different behaviors? How do you go about this? Well, there is a rule to teaching that persons perhaps already know, but there's a rule, particular rule to teaching, which I call personality teaching. Students are gonna come from different cultures, different experiences, different backgrounds, but it is your job as a teacher to get all of those behaviorisms, all of those mannerisms to come and to form as one. Wonderful. Now, yes. what I have to share with us today is a particular plan that I've devised over a period of time called personality teaching, which is closely tied up with the hidden curriculum. If you want your students to behave in a particular way, yes. you have to be that particular, you have to behave in that particular way, which the students can then adapt and feed off of. Yes. Well, everything comes in this order. First, you have your personality as the teacher. Yes. You have to exhibit the person you are in such a way where you want your students to all upon a sudden get to that type of personality that you want to see in them. Yes. 
is kind so of other, with the so in other words you're saying that reflect what you attract yes wonderful then there is the hit curriculum which is like how you dress how you talk how you relate to other teachers how you relate to other students in other classes how you relate to your leader who is most most important sometimes the principal the chairman of your school board or your director yes you want to also get to know your students you want your students to get to know you yes relationship building a relationship then by you in, you knowing your students and your students knowing you you start now by building a personality for your class wonderful for the students and the teacher in that classroom so this it is, is some interesting information very independent and also very flexible. You have to adapt. The students have to adapt. That's basically how I do design my classroom teaching tenant. Wonderful. So you're talking about that your, your classroom management is based on relationship. You believe that in order for your classroom to have effective management and your students not behaving in a way that you will not be able to effectively drive instruction you have created a positive environment and you have built a relationship with your students and i'm sure that you're seeing positive results from this exactly that's exactly what i've said in a short in a short way and, and how do you feel about consistency as it relates to classroom management consistency being consistent Yes. with your rules as it relates to classroom management? Consistency is very important to, to learning. I mean, learning in itself is based off repetition. Yes. So the rules that are devised in class were never devised by the teacher. Yes. They were established by the students. One, they yes. know their deficiencies. They told me their deficiencies. We decided then that we're going to make a plan. Yes. That plan entailed how can we be consistent in not doing what we are not supposed to do? And they devised everything that they wanted not to see. And then we worked off their guidelines. So what I did there is I didn't teach rules per se. Yes. I just facilitated what they gave me. Which is important. Yes. Which is very important. So yes. for me, I am, a, I am a transformational teacher. I am not going to be that person who's going to be in your back. I'm not going to micromanage. Yes. I'm just going Which to ask you to show me how accountable and responsible you are as a student. And then I hold you to that. I, I do agree. And even for me, consistency plays a major role in my classroom management at the beginning of the year the school year, the first day of school, I ensure that whatever I am doing, I am consistent with it. And consistency through reinforcement, because you have to reinforce the rules, making sure that every chance you get when you see a student doing something that they ought not to do, you remind them that we created this rule because the students, exactly. they too have become a part of the decision-making in the classroom. And it's very, very uh, important when 
as teachers, as educators, we allow our students to become a part of the decision making. So no one will be feeling left out. Everyone will be feeling involved. Thus, when they break a rule, the students will be better able to tell their 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 um their their classmates that you're not supposed to be doing this. This is a rule that you set. So this is very, very important, consistency and reinforcement in order to have effective classroom management. Excellent, yes, that's true. And uh, what impact does culture change have on classroom management? That is a very uh, tumultuous question, and yes. I'm going to try my best to answer it. Yes. So when I just came to this school that I'm currently at, Yes. I'm just going to give you a brief history. I didn't think that I was going to survive at this particular institution. Yes. But over a period of time, I realized that if you want to get your students to a, a certain level, because the culture here is very, very male dominant, you know, very, what, what should I say now? They understand their culture more than how I understood it. Yes. So for me as a teacher, I had to get into the community, understand what it is like in their community so that I could get a better grasp of the students that I was working with. Yes. So for me, I had to immerse myself into this culture so that I could then bring out my culture to them so that we could have an interchanging of cultures so that both both parties could see eye to eye if yes. i did not change then it would have been a disaster so i i had to change I had i had to take the lower seat then i gradually brought myself up and then we started to share Wonderful. You know, as it relates to personal development and classroom management, oftentimes I've seen where schools, they offer personal development training on how to be effective in your classroom and to take control of your class. But at the same time, many teachers are failing from this. So this led me to the point of saying that classroom management, it's not something you can learn to teach. You can watch yeah. other people and learn, see how they are teaching, and then you can attract everything and bring it into your classroom. But I do believe that classroom management is different. It's skills. It's strategies. It's how about how you connect with your students, how you yes. relate to your students. And what I would tell any teachers that are listening to us today, the greatest personal development as it relates to classroom management is down the hallway. Going to your teachers, your friends, your colleagues, their classrooms, seeing the positive behavioral practices that are in their classroom and daily, taking, taking it and bringing it into your classroom, implement it into your classroom. Nothing is wrong if during your free periods, you go to another teacher's class, watch what is happening, write the best practices, write what is not working well. After work, Ask the teacher for permission. Sit with them for five minutes. Tell them, I love your lesson. I saw what was working well, and I saw what you can improve on. And this would be a great advantage in your classroom. I have done that. Personal development, we learn best from our peers. And also with our students. We see one student exhibiting a behavior that, that is not appropriate. 
the students, they know best behavioral practices because we have been consistent and we are continuously reinforcing good behavioral practices. So they in turn right. too will right. want to um, adapt this as well. Of course. And what, what is the best way to get a student from talking while you are presenting instruction? For example, you're teaching, you're having a lovely math class. And suddenly, little Johnny, he's so busy talking to Patrick on, on the other side of the room. What's the best way to get him from stop talking while you are presenting instructions to your students? For me, we have a structure in my classroom. So I have assistant teachers, yes. persons who I hold responsible for each group. Wonderful. Now, they are the ones who basically micromanage their, their um, group mates. Yes. And they have nonverbal communication techniques, which they use to say, hey, Johnny, relax and listen. Yes. So I don't take it upon myself to do all of the work. Remember, as I said earlier, I'm all about facilitating more and teaching less. Yes, I do agree. I do agree with you. And so grouping is very, very important. So you assign different roles and responsibilities to individual students. But what about our colleagues who don't have assist? They're not privileged to have assistant teachers. They have a classroom of 48 students. I think grouping can work as well. We don't, they don't have assistant teachers. However, what they can do is assign a group leader. Assign that's a group exactly leader. What, that, that's exactly what we're talking about. Yes. The students are actually the assistant teachers. <laughs> wonderful. They are actually wonderful. the persons who are, you know, driving instructions within the group setting. Yes. Remember, you are one person as the teacher. Yes. So you, you, you definitely can't oversee everybody at the same time. So you have yes. to have them being responsible. And that's, that's something also that I do. Every morning, I take at least five to ten minutes. Yes. To talk to talk to them about what are our expectations for the day. We go over objectives yes. for different lessons. We talk about you know we go over things that they did yesterday in the evenings when they left school. Yes. So it's a it's a family relationship that has been built in the class. They know exactly what is going to happen because we have developed a a permanent routine, a routine that they know that if I miss something out um, Wednesday morning, they're going to be like, Mr., what, what happened to talking about rules? What happened to talking about what happened? Because you have been consistent. Yes. Because we've been consistently doing that. And how, how is the relationship between parents, you and your parents, how does it affect your classroom management? Is it positive or is it negative? Because parents, they have a major role to play in, in, the, in their children's development. So how have you seen the relationship with your parents um, versus your classroom management? What, what correlation is there? For me, for me personally, the students have actually drawn the parents closer to me because the way that I treat these students when they go home to talk to their parents and tell their parents what happened today and all of those things they themselves now have gone home to tell their parents that teacher is you know firm but fun 
Wonderful. Yes. So when the parents come now to like parents conferences and all of that, I portray the same behavior. And I've realized over a period of time that it's like I'm the teacher for 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 students and I'm also the teacher for the parents because they have, you know, jumped on the bandwagon yes. of what I'm about and matters. what I believe in. Relationship does matter. And what are your classroom management strategies for teachers who are listening, for teachers who are facing challenge, those who feel like there is there is no way out? They cannot drive instructions effectively because there is an issue with classroom management. Can you share some of the many strategies that you have been using to bring about an effective change within your classroom? All right. I hope that, I hope that we are listening and we are ready to go. Now, I have, I've, I've devised a system, as I said previously, yes. called personality teaching. Yes. The first order of business is that you have to be that person who models the behavior which you want to see. Yes. After I've done that, the second business is that you should let your students establish guidelines. You are not going to teach anything here. You are only facilitating. So you... Ask them to, to establish the guidelines that they want to see happening in their class. You're putting them, therefore, in a state of accountability and yes. responsibility. So if they drop their standards, yes. you are there for them to say to them that, hey, you have dropped a level. Yes. You need to be here. After which, we do documentation. So I have basically made... Uh, contract with all yes, students from contract wonderful that is which very important everybody has to sign yes to say that they understand the terms and conditions of what they established yes then we move on to the next thing i don't punish my class i only reinforce good behaviors yes good behavioral practices very important yes. that we do so and i encourage them to take initiative all the time. Yes. I offer praise to them all the time. Yes. We have nonverbal cues that I use in my class. So students will know that if they are below the level, a certain yes. facial expression or a yes. certain or a certain hand snap or something like that, they know that okay, the hand snap means that I'm too loud. Yes. I know I, I want our certain facial expression means that I'm too I'm talking too much. Yes, I, I do agree. I want to shed some light on that as well. Um, in, in the school system that I am presently in now, we also have that nonverbal cue system where if the student wants to go to the bathroom, there's a sign for going to the bathroom, there's a sign for drinking water, and there's a sign when you want to say something to the teacher. So all yeah. of these three routines, they are reinforced daily. So if a student mistakenly do one for another, the student knows that teacher will not be receptive to him or her until they have done the right thing because we exactly. have been reinforcing for months now. So they should right. have at least knew what they're supposed to do. So nonverbal cues are very, very important. And I love what you said about classroom contracts. That is very, very important. And teachers, having a classroom contract outlining 
the rules that your students have set, allowing the parents to sign to it, it's very important. It will work wonders in your classroom. Yes. And my final, my final behavior system is that every last day of the week, yes. we have our class assembly where we talk about who was student of the week, who was learner of the week, who was most improved yes. student of the week, all of the, who was most improved. We have, a, it's, it's basically an award ceremony. Yes. For the best behavior, the best behaving group, the cleanest group, all of those things. I have at least seven or eight awards that I give out at the end of every week. So it builds a sense of competition in the class. Yes. And everybody wants to win. So that, therefore, in that, in that essence there, persons work towards a particular goal. And I tell you that it is very difficult to choose winners for the different categories every week because everybody is working towards and, and And does your students, do they have a say in choosing student of the week? Sometimes I give them the opportunity to, okay, you know, to, to just let me, let, them, let me hear what they think or who they think the person is for this particular week. But wonderful. most of the time, I'm the, I'm the tribunal. <laughs> most of the and, time, I'm the tribunal. And as it, as it relates to students in your classroom or students on a whole who have not showcased best behavioral practices, do you still believe that we should reward these students, motivate them? Do you think that they should also receive a reward? I, I pick on students with very small things. If they did something very bad, I try not to highlight it because I don't want it to be the most recent thing that they can think of. Yes. So I'm all about recency and I'm all about primacy. So yes. what I try to do is I want them to remember the good things that they did. And I will, you know, give them a, give them a sticker or something of that nature to show them that. That practice that you did the other day, okay. that was absolutely amazing. And I want you to continue it. Positive reinforcement. If you, focus, if you focus on the, the negative, they're going to continue it. So yes. Everything is, I have a positivist approach to um, behavioral management in my class. Wonderful. Positive reinforcement is really, really important. So we should praise our students, use the different reward system, have a classroom contract. It's very, very important that we do so. Allow the parents to be involved. Keep a parent communication log where you write down positive things that the students have done. Take time out of the day to call the parent and let the parent know that, listen, your child has done this. It might be simple, but just a phone call home, this will, is not only building a relationship with you and the parent, but it is also building a relationship with you, the parent, and the student, and in turn, the school community. Because every parent wants to feel positive, wants to feel safe, and wants to know that their child is in the hands of a respectful and creative teacher who is looking out for their best interest. That's exactly right. Wonderful. And there are many teachers who are listening, who are feeling 
I have tried all of this. I am aware of all that you both have been discussing. It's almost the end of the school year and I am in no control of my class. I have not accomplished anything. I have not met a lot of standards because of classroom management. What do you have to say to these teachers who are feeling as if there is no hope? Well, it's the beginning of a new term. Yes. <laughs> and it is never too late to start over or to just, just start. Yes. So if you realize that something wasn't working before, Try, for instance, the, the classroom contract for the last term. Try the nonverbal communication cues for the last term. Try offering more praise. But most important, importantly, I think, reinforce the good behaviors and avoid tackling students who are not behaving in, the, in, a, in a particular way which is soothing to you as a teacher. Because once they realize that you are ignoring their bad behavior, that same student, when he does something good and he realizes that you are rewarding his good behavior, you will, you will see that there will be a change in that particular student. So try to avoid punishing and try to do positive reinforcements at all times. Wonderful. Thank and you, you will, so much. You will see a difference in your students, I, I, trust me. Thank you so much for shedding light on this. And on the flip side, there are other teachers who are listening, who wants to just quit university, quit the teaching um, program that they're in. And there are teachers who are afraid to invest in this profession because of lack of resources, so many different things which are hindering them, so many news they have been hearing about teaching. What do, what encouragement? Use two minutes and just encourage such persons who wants to go into teaching, but is just afraid because of what they have seen, what they have been told and what they have watched. Okay. Now, for you people out there who want to become a teacher, first and foremost, know that you are treading the utmost career path that you can think of. Your choice is about transforming lives. There can be no more rewarding occupation or profession that you can think of than making a change to the society and to the different cultures that we have in the world. Remember, we are in a globalized village where it is a melting pot of ideas, cultures, and beliefs and practices. You have the opportunity, you have the ability to facilitate a new specimen of human beings who can be positive role models for the next generation. We are, we are right now looking at persons we call the millennials. These people are creative. They are constructivists. They are free thinking. They are liberal. With you as an excellent communicator, which I'm sure all of you are, and the superior listening skills that you also have, you can build the world into a more peaceful, safe, 
and communicable society. Always believe in yourselves. If you want to be a teacher, nothing should stop you. You must have strong work ethics. You must work to want to build yourself and by extension, build your community. So there should be nothing that can stop you from achieving your goals because you have made the right choice by becoming a teacher. Thank you so much. Wow, so powerful. Thank you so much, Mr. Jerome Douglas, for sharing with us today. I too have been inspired. I have been motivated. And I'm very, very sure that our listeners are as well. They have been motivated and inspired as well. Classroom management strategies and techniques should be consistent. We have given you some ways to answer your questions that you have as it relates to classroom management. And I'm sure that you will take these into perspective and implement them in your classroom to bring about a change in our society, to bring about a change in your classroom, which will impact, impact the life of your students and for our children to become lifelong learners. Thank you so much again for tuning in and listening to another powerful, inspirational and educational episode of Shawna Kay's Motivational Breeze.